Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Jar. My name's Chris, and we're so glad you chose to hang out with us today. And didn't our kids do a great job on that? Isn't that really cool? Uh, love our kids. Uh, love Jar Kids. Uh, love for any of you on the stream. Bring your kids. We'd love to be able to uh, care for them as well. Now, today we're concluding our series, Being Rich in What Matters Most. And you might remember on the very first session and throughout this time, I've said that I've got some really good news. And the good news, do you remember what it was? The good news is what? We're rich. That's right. And uh, the thing is, is that compared to the rest of the world, uh, you are some of the richest people in the world. If you came here in a car today, you're in the top 3% of the most wealthiest people in the world. Now, uh, that's the good news, but if you remember, I gave you some bad news as well. And remember what the bad news, the bad news is what? Yeah, we're rich. Um, Because we're rich, we have a tendency to kind of focus in and depend upon our stuff more than we depend upon God. Now today, I want to talk to you as we conclude our series about how you can be rich toward God. How is it that you and I can be rich toward God? You know, uh, the key to being rich toward God really comes down to a symbol uh, more than anything else. And in our culture, you know, there are many different symbols that we look at. Now, uh, what I want to do this morning is I want to give you a few symbols and see if you can figure out what they're connected to, okay? So our culture has many different symbols, and uh, I want you to be a part of this. It's more fun if you'll yell it out, okay? So once you see the symbol, just yell it out. Everyone on the stream, join along, be a part of it as well. And so here is the first one. What is this? Apple, that's right. Apple computers, Apple technology, that's it. Okay, here's the next one. What is it? Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft. Bill Gates changed the world, revolutionized everything. Here's the next one. Nike. Nike, the swoosh, remember? Uh, Everything in athletic wear changed because of the swoosh. And then finally, this one right here. Oh, yeah, we love us some Mickey D's, don't we? Uh, some of you just can't survive without the golden arches, right? Uh, we've got to have that. Well, all of these are symbols that you could recognize immediately, but I think the most important symbol and the one that's recognized the most is the cross. Uh, in the church, Uh, that I grew up in, when you became baptized, uh, there was a guy who actually made a cross for you, and it was a symbol of being able to grow more in your faith. And when baptism took place for me as a 12-year-old, I got one of those crosses, and it's something that I cherish today. By the way, just in case, uh, if you haven't been baptized On April 3rd, I'm going to be teaching a baptism class, and it doesn't commit you to anything, but if you're like, hey, I'm kind of interested in it, uh, you can. It'll be from noon to one, child care is provided, lunch is provided, and I hope that many of you will consider doing that. Well, uh, the cross uh, is by far the most uh, memorable and the most powerful symbol that there is, because 
the cross uh, helps us in our relationship with God. It helps us to become rich with God. The cross shows us how to be rich toward God. And that's kind of our first big idea that we have this morning is this, that the cross um, actually shows us how to be rich toward God. The cross shows us how to be rich toward God. Now, if you think about the symbol of the cross, it's very, very simple. There is just one kind of vertical connection. And this vertical bar is the relationship between God and you. There's God and there's you, and that's that vertical bar. The horizontal one actually is the relationship between you and others. And so the cross is easy to remember because it's the relationship between God and you and then the relationship between you and others. You see, because of God's great love for you, he left heaven and he came downstairs. He actually came downstairs to earth to have a relationship with each one of you in the form of Jesus Christ himself who said, not only do I love you, but I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to take away all of your sins by going to a cross. And it was that vertical relationship of God and ourselves. That's the vertical bar. And the cool thing is that God actually wants a relationship with you. He wants to listen to you. If you'll listen enough, he'll actually speak to you. He wants to have a point in which he could show love to you and you could show love back to him. In fact, Jesus put it this way. He said these words, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. This is the relationship between God and you. Now, the horizontal bar is important as well because it actually gives us the other relationship that is really key if you want to be rich toward God. And that is the relationship between you and other people. This is where you actually reach out to others, where you build relationship with other people, because we realize as we go on with life that there are some things that you just can't do by yourself. You need other people to be connected with you. And Jesus described this part of the bar, the horizontal bar, this way. He said, love others as much as you love yourself. So he says, love God and then love others as much as you love yourself. Now, what's funny to me is that a lot of people, when they're growing in their relationship with God, they'll get to a point where they're finally like this. Me and God, that's all I need. God and myself, that's all I need. I don't need other people. I don't need to be able to love people. Just God and me. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Right? You know? And and you and I have a tendency when we get upset with other people, we don't want a relationship with them. We just say the two of us, just God and me. But the interesting thing is the two greatest commandments that God gives, he doesn't just say it's just the two of us. It's actually you and I, and then it's you being able to have relationships the way that I've called you to with other people. And many people struggle many times with that horizontal bar. Now, 
when we think of the cross, then, this is how we become rich toward God. And that's how I want to spend the rest of our time. How do we become rich toward God? Well, first of all, as we're looking at the vertical bar, the relationship between God and ourselves, there is this cross, and we must feed our relationship with God. How do we become rich toward God? You actually feed your relationship with God. Now, when we feed our relationship with God, guess what happens? You become spiritually rich. You become spiritually wealthy. You become spiritually strong. So the question becomes, how do we do this? How do we feed our relationship with God? Well, first of all, you need to read the Bible. Uh, You actually take this book and you open it up and then you read it because these are God's words. Now, the problem with the Bible is that for many people, they've experienced it more as like a weapon that beats people down rather than building them up. Folks, this book is not something that beats people down. It's actually a love letter that builds people up. The Bible is not a book that is to beat you down, to make you feel bad. It is a love letter to build you up. Now, if my Bible is going to get read, who do you think is going to have to read it? Who? Me, right? Now, let me ask you this question. If your Bible is going to get read, who is going to read it? No, not me. You. You. Your Bible, if it's going to get read, it will get read by you. I can't read your Bible for you. You've got to be able to read it yourself. Several years ago, a guy in his 50s who had been a Christian for many years uh, walked into my office and he said, I got to talk to you. And I said, that's fine. And he sat down and this is what he said, I'm leaving the church. Now, if you're a pastor, that's not what you want to hear. Okay. You don't want to hear people leaving the church. You want to hear people coming to the church. And so, you know, I just kind of turned to him and I said, why? And he said these words. Because I'm not being fed around here. Now, uh, I have two daughters, and when they were little, Jordan and Shiloh, we had to feed them, okay? When they were real tiny, we had to feed them. We didn't mind feeding them. And they would get food all over themselves, and it wasn't a problem. We fed them because they could not feed themselves. It was part of our responsibility. We took delight in it. We gladly fed them. Okay, wasn't a problem at all. Now, uh, my two daughters now are not that age. They are 14 and 12. And I'd like you to imagine just for a second that they walk into our house and they look puny and scrawny. And you can tell that they have not been doing much at all food-wise. And they walk into our house and this is what they say. Dad, you know what? We're just not eating so well. We are not being fed around here. You know what I would tell them? There's the refrigerator. It's like right there. If you're hungry, go 
feed yourself. If you're hungry, if you're not feeling something, go, go feed yourself. And that guy who walked into my office, that's exactly what I told him. I said, dude, you have been a Christian for decades. Go feed yourself. You've been a Christian. You know the words. Feed yourself. The most important challenge that some of you are going to get out of this message today is you're going to have to realize, you know what? He's right. I got to feed myself. And I can't remember the last time that I read the Bible where I got back into a consistent plan. You know, the average American has seven Bibles in their house. I just wonder how many of those are actually being read. Folks, read the Bible. Now, this is what happens with people when they try to think about reading the Bible. First of all, they're like, what's going to take forever? Like, it's going to take forever. No, 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 no. Five, ten minutes a day. That's it. Five to ten minutes, maybe 15, if you decide on a reading plan. Fifteen minutes in a day where you read the Bible, you feed yourself. And you know what happens when you do that? You become rich towards God. You want to become rich? The way you become rich in that vertical relationship is you get into his words. Now, the second question people have is, first of all, I don't know if I'll have the time. The second one that people will often have is say, they'll ask, well, where do I start? Like, I don't even know where to start in reading the Bible. Well, I'm so glad you asked that question. Because in each of your programs today, and those of you that are on the stream, all you have to do is go onto your app and you push the resources button and there you'll have this exact uh, uh, reading plan. And we have this reading plan. Again, if you have a plan, it's better, but it's 15 minutes and this is over Luke. And the reason why we're doing this is because Easter is coming and you could read an entire book of the Bible in the next 30 days and you would learn the stories of Jesus and you would grow in that relationship simply by taking this plan that was in your program. If you didn't get one, when you leave today, just get a program and it's in there and you could start doing this. When I first started reading the Bible, no one told me about a plan. So I started like I thought, you know, the way you read a book, you start in the first page and you just, you work, we read through. And then I got to like Genesis chapter six, six, and it said, Ebach was begat to go and bach, and Logobot was begat to so and bach. And all of a sudden you're like, forget that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Here's a plan. It's the price of admission for you. Open it up and you will have something to read. And there's actually a question there for you to be able to connect with. And in the next 30 days before Easter, you could have this all done. And I strongly encourage for many of you to consider that. Now, uh, how do we become rich toward God in that vertical relationship? First of all, we feed ourselves through the Bible. Uh, the second way, we feed our relationship with God through prayer, through prayer. Uh, maybe there is no more intimate act between a person and God than when we intimately are connected through prayer. But the truth is, is that for some of us, prayer can be very confusing. You see, uh, just a moment of honesty, just for all of you. How many of you would say that your prayer life 
could use a boost, okay? Uh, just raise your hand. All of you on the stream, join along, could use a boost, okay? Now, put your hands down. Uh, those who did not raise their hands, what do we call them? Liars. Because every single one of us, folks, is not praying four hours like Martin Luther did every day, okay? So if you're not doing that, then your prayer life probably could use a little bit of a boost. Now, starting next week, we're actually going to give a boost to your prayer life by starting a series called Recharge, the Power of Waiting on God. And for two weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about that when your spirit is depleted, and that's what happens. That's why you get depressed. That's why you get overwhelmed. Your spirit gets depleted. How do you recharge it? And we're going to talk about doing that through the power of prayer. You know, the reason why a lot of people don't have much of a powerful kind of prayer life is because they get very intimidated. They're like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, what am I supposed to say? Am I saying the right words? Am I saying the wrong words? How long should it be? How short should it be? Who do I talk to? Like, how do I do all of this? And people just choose not to ever pray unless there's just like, help, you know, like that's the number one prayer. But God wants more of a relationship than just help. And you can do that through the power of prayer because prayer folks at its kind of most basic form is simply a communication between you and God. Again, the vertical part of the cross between God and you, it's just communication that involves both listening, which is harder for us, and then talking. And folks, there is no right or wrong way to pray. God just wants you to be in relationship with him. Now, maybe outside of Jesus, no one understood the power of prayer and how to communicate with God more than a guy by the name of David. David's story is in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. And uh, David is the only person in the entire Bible who's kind of uh, a phrase that's connected to him is a man after God's own heart. He is a man after God's own heart. And the reason why is because he understood the power of prayer. In fact, he wrote a book called Psalms, uh, many of the Psalms, and many of them are prayers. We're going to look at just one real short this morning, but it's one that you could pray. It's in Psalm 5, and this is David, and this is how he prays. He says these words, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Okay, God, I need you to listen. I need you to listen to me right now. I need you right now. Give ear to my words, O Lord. And then he goes on to say, listen to my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. What God is, what uh, David is doing with God in that connection is that God is not some distant, foreign person way out in outer space somewhere. God is actually intimate and close to him. And he says, I cry right now. I'm crying. You're my God. You're my king. Listen to me. And then in verse 4, this beautiful thing, it says this. In the morning, O Lord, what does God do? What's it say? God does what? He, you, hear my voice. He says, early in the morning, you hear my voice. When you wake up in the morning, God is waiting to hear your voice. Um, 
I want you to, to take a moment and just think about that. That God is actually choosing to begin the first second of every waking moment to hear your voice. How, how incredible is that? That the creator of the universe, the sustainer of all things, the first moment that you wake up, he has a, a keen ear wanting to listen in the morning to your voice. In the morning, God, you, you hear my voice. In the morning, I, I lay my request. The things I'm concerned about, I lay my request before you. And then what does David do? What's it say? He waits in what? Expectation. He's not waiting like, well, I hope he gets around to me one day. You know, there's only 7 billion people in the world. I'm not that important, but maybe he'll talk to me eventually. No, no, no. David says, you're my king, you're my God. I'm waiting in expectation for what you're going to do. God, you're so good. You've been faithful. You've shown yourself. And I know your goodness, oh God. Here's what I'm thinking right now. I'm I'm sharing this with you, and now I'm going to wait. And God, maybe you're going to answer exactly what I'm asking for. Maybe you'll even do better than what I'm asking for, or maybe you'll do different than what I thought, but I'm trusting you because you've been faithful in your heart, in your character, you always have, and you've always responded to every one of my prayers. Folks, if you want to be rich toward God, we read the Bible. The second thing we do is we pray. And when do you pray? Pray anytime. Pray daily. Pray consistently. Pray when you're sad. Pray when you're happy. Pray when you're excited. Pray when you're nervous. Just pray anytime. Now, in your program, each one of you received something like this. And those of you on the stream, again, it's right on the app. You just click the button resources. And this is something that I want to encourage you guys to consider doing within your prayer life. It's called prayer journaling. It's something that you write down just between you and God, nobody else, and each day you can do this. And we've been doing this for years uh, to try to teach people how to pray. Because I don't know about you, uh, I have ADD prayer. I'll talk about it next week. That if I don't have some focus, my brain goes everywhere, and then I don't really focus at all. And so if you have something that you could write down, it'd be great. And so we have a little acrostic P-R-A-Y that we use to try to help people. And so the P stands for praise. You praise God for anything. The R stands for repent. Hey, God, I'm sorry for a couple of things. The A stands for ask. I'm going to ask God for whatever it is that you need. And then the Y stands for yield. I take some time to yield, to actually pause, to be able to listen to God. And I'm telling you, folks, for me, this was a game changer in my life. Before this, I was always distracted and I couldn't do anything. But when I got this P-R-A-Y, I still use it almost every single day. Then all of a sudden I could focus in and it changed the way I prayed. And so if you want to be able to be rich in God, you have to feed your relationship with God through prayer and through uh reading the Bible as well. 
That's the vertical bar of the cross. That's how you grow between God and you. Now, here's a second way to become rich toward God, and that is we feed our relationship with other people. We feed our relationship with others. This horizontal bar is all about you and other people. And there are a couple of different ways that we can feed our relationship with others. The first one is this, to seek community. That you're actually going to seek and find some community. Now, this is what's cool about community. It is God's answer to defeat. When you feel like you're going to be defeated, you're going to be overwhelmed, you're not going to make it, what helps is community. In fact, scripture says this, if one person falls, another can reach out and help. But people who are, what's the next word? Alone. People who are alone, when they fall, they are in real what? They're in trouble. They're in trouble. Now, let me ask you this question. Uh, All of you on the stream, join with me. Um, Let me ask you this. Is there anything in your life right now that you would like to change? Anything, it doesn't matter what it is, that you would like to change in your life. Again, those who didn't raise their hand, what we call them? Liars. I've never met another human being in my life who didn't have something in their life that they would like to change. The problem is, is that there are some things in your life and some things in my life that we cannot change on our own. We need community. We need some other people around us to be able to help with that. Plus, the cool thing about community is when you're going through a difficult time, when you're going through a tragedy, then you don't have to do it by yourself. When tragedy hits, you don't face it alone. I was thinking of a guy in our church this week whose daughter died. And when News of that was found. There was community reaching out, caring for him and his wife because of the pain of what I can't even imagine he's going through. But he didn't go through it alone. And nobody should ever have to face something like that alone. No one should ever have to face getting bad health news, receiving bad health news alone. No one should ever have to go through some kind of fire or tragedy alone. No one should ever have to stand over an open grave alone. And God said, the way that I'm going to make sure that that doesn't happen, that people don't do it alone, is I'm creating a community. Nobody should ever have to go through any tragedy by themselves. And you know what God did? God created a safety net. He said, I know sometimes that you'll think you want to do it on your own, so I'm going to create a safety net, um, which he called a small group. Jesus actually perfected it to begin with. He started with two guys, and then he added two more, and then he got 12. And there was this group of people around him throughout his three years of ministry so that when things happened to him or things happened to the other guys, they were there together in community. That's what we do here at The Jar. We have small groups of people who do life together. You know, uh, Jesus will never let you go. But I don't know about you. Do you ever need Jesus with skin on? 
you see, for me, I've never seen Jesus. Sometimes I need another person who can be Jesus to me because they have skin on and they can shake a hand or they can encourage me or they can give me a hug or they can give me a word of encouragement. Folks, if you want to be rich towards God, then you feed this relationship with other people. And the way you do it is by seeking community. On your connect card, in the upper right-hand corner is a blue box. And if you want to be a part of a small group or you're just interested, check it. Say, hey, I'm open to being a part of a group. And we'll get you connected with a group of people who can become your friends and that you don't have to do life alone. Now, one last thing, and I almost didn't bring it up because I was concerned about time and I was concerned about uh, just how we were going to close it out. And last month when I was praying about it, I just felt very much so that we needed to talk about this other area where we become rich toward God in our relationship with other people. The reality is there are some of you who are sitting here today and some of you that are on the stream and some of you up in the balcony people um, that what is happening in your life right now is that you're harboring a grudge toward another person. There's some kind of bitterness. There's some kind of resentment. There's something in your life that is not quite right with another person. And what God, your heavenly father, is saying, that if you want to be rich toward me, you will seek reconciliation. Now, what does that word reconciliation mean? Well, it simply means to make peace, that you make peace. Folks, some of you are not at peace in some of your relationships. Maybe it's with a mom or a dad. Maybe it's one of your kids. Maybe it's one of your siblings, but you're not at peace with someone. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your ex-spouse, but you're not at peace with someone. And today, you need to reconcile it. You need to make it right. Maybe it's not with someone in your family. Maybe it's a friend or a coworker, but someone betrayed you. Someone deceived you. And the question is, can you resolve this? Will you resolve this or will you let days and weeks and months and years go on where you're not reconciled? Very powerful passage of the Bible says this. If it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with how many people? How many? Everyone. 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 Folks, are you at peace in every relationship that you have in your life? Are you at peace with the people that are around you? Or is the truth that there's something that is creating all kinds of discord and tension? Have you reconciled that relationship or do you just let it fracture? You know, folks, if you, if you break your leg, you just can't leave it that way. Eventually, you've got to get it set right so that you can use it again. And so maybe 
What some of you need to do this week is you need to pick up a phone and you need to call someone. And you need to be able to say, you know what, I'm sorry. Let's not do this anymore. I'll own my side of the situation. You own yours. And if you do your part, I'll do mine and maybe we could find some peace. Now, let me say this. If you take this risk and you do this, you pick up the phone or you talk to them and they ignore you, they reject you, they're angry, they're mad, then at that point, you drop it. You don't keep going back and getting yourself beat up again and again and again. It says, as as long as it depends upon you. Folks, this is what I found in some relationships. I reach out, I try to reconcile, I try to make peace, I try to do the right things, and not very many, but every once in a while, it doesn't depend upon me anymore. And then you drop it and you move on because they did not accept the olive branch. And when you reconcile with someone, it doesn't mean that you trust them at the same level. They betrayed you. They deceived you. You shouldn't do that. But why go through the rest of your life not being at peace? And I'm telling you, when you seek reconciliation, you become rich toward God. So this is how we're going to close today. Uh, in just a moment here, uh, Caleb and Mikey are going to lead us in a song of gratitude. And what I'd like you to do right now is just between you and God to have a moment. Maybe you close your eyes, you ask him in some way that he would meet with you right now. And as you meet with him, that you would give gratitude. You would thank him for the different things that he's done in your life. You would thank him for the cross, for that vertical relationship between God and us, and also that horizontal between ourselves and others. And then what I'd like you to do is to think of these four different ways that we become rich toward God. And it'll come on the screen, and I'd like you to ask God, which one of these do you want me to go after this week? Is it to read my Bible, and you've got a plan now, you could do that. Maybe it's to pray daily. Maybe it's to seek community, to get into a small group. Or maybe for some of you, it's to seek reconciliation, to make something right, to make peace. So right now, I'd like you to take a moment to give thanks to God for the cross, for that vertical and horizontal bar, and then also to simply ask him, which of these four things, God, do you want me to go after this week? So let's take a moment right now to do that.
the uh, prayer team to come up right now uh, there'll be people up here and up in the balcony as well uh, that would love to pray with you and uh, let me just take a moment let's pray together and uh, let's see that now God uh, we thank you so much and we give you thanks and praise God for the cross that is the greatest symbol of the world and that reminds us of that relationship between you and ourselves and ourselves and other people. And God, I I come to you right now and I ask that for each person who's here, God, that they would know that the cross is that symbol that reminds them that if they were the only person on planet earth, that you would have gone to the cross and you would have died just for them because of your great love for them. God, I pray that as we recognize that reality, that we would then be willing to take a challenge of how we can become rich in you. And for those right now, God, who are very inconsistent with their Bible reading, I pray, God, that you would help them and let them know that if their Bible is going to be read, that It'll be read by them. No one else can read their Bible but them. But I pray, God, that you would help them with a reading plan, that they would take that risk today. For other people, God, as they feed their relationship with you, I I ask, God, that they would be open to prayer, of communicating in an intimate way just between themselves and you. God, that they would begin to start using maybe even that little brochure that we gave to, to know how to pray to be able to lift you up. I also, God, just pray for individuals right now who feel all alone. And sometimes when we feel alone, God, we we think, well, I'll figure it out on my own. And I pray today, God, that they would say, nope, I need to be a part of a group. I've been doing this all by myself. I need community, that they would seek that. And for those, God, who have relationships right now that are broken, that are torn, that are frayed, that are fractured, that you would come right now through the power of your Holy Spirit and you would help each person who's here today and on this stream to take the risk, to take the first step, to make peace as long as it depends upon them. Now, for some of you right now, maybe you feel spiritually dead. You're just wondering, you know what? My sin has consumed me too much and there's no way that I can be made right with God. I'm not rich with God, Chris. I'm poor with God. If you know what I did last night, if you know what I did last week, if you know what I did last month, this is what I want you to know. God knows all of those things and he wants to have a relationship with you. That's why Jesus came. That's the power of the cross. He came to make things right and he will forgive you. He'll love you. He'll care for you no matter what. And so today, if you're like, I want to be rich toward God, I'm tired of being poor towards him, I want to invite you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer that you say by yourself, but it's a prayer that we say in community. And I invite you to simply to repeat these words after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit. 
so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. I give my life to you. My life is yours. Take my life as it is. In Jesus' name I pray.